Great to see you. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Genesis 43. Genesis chapter 43. We're, of course, continuing our study of the book of Genesis. At, at this stage, in the book of Genesis, the focus is on the life of Joseph. If you remember, Genesis says Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, the four key people, and we're toward the end. Joseph has been risen to power in Egypt. He's overseeing the selling the food during the seven years of famine. And uh, we've seen this, that uh, his brothers have come from Canaan to get food. They didn't know who he was. What, what, he's, what we're seeing is... And the first one is he's testing them to see what kind of men they are now, because they, uh, that you know, the, when he he knew them, they uh, they hated him, they sold him into slavery. He doesn't know what kind of men they are now. This is going to be tonight as we continue this study. We see the second visit by the brothers, because he came the first time and he gave them some food and all this. But uh, he's going to continue to test them. And the question is this: Will Joseph fulfill himself, or will he continue to test them? Well, the answer is, you see, in chapter 43, and actually, as we get on into chapter 44, um, it's going to be up and then before he does it. So there's going to be a time before he lets them know who he is. We'll see how it is. Let's start with a prayer. Heavenly Father, what a great night. Thank you so much for our class and uh, the, the fun that we have together to come and to study the Bible. Thank you for a great meal that you've given us. Thank you for the book of Genesis, how perfect it is. And Lord, help us to know it and apply it. We thank you for Jesus Christ and that you have given to us as a gift eternal life simply by faith. Lord, we don't want to ever take it for granted. We want to be as clear as we can be. We thank you for the grace message of salvation and that you have made it possible that any human being who believes in Jesus Christ can have eternal life and be with you forever. We thank you, Lord, for that. Lord, we just ask you that as we continue to look at the life of Joseph, as we see him testing his brothers, as we see how they respond to all the tests, we'll see how all this fits together. May we make application in our lives from the truths that we see in the Old Testament. We know that it was written for our instructions. Teach us now, Lord. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, people say the word test you know i started off sunday morning's uh message by saying okay let's take a test because school starts tomorrow and uh, by the way i asked those questions i had a number of people came up and said hey i want a copy of the questions i mean they're just normal little questions but i, I think that's really good you know we uh we, we take a class and we want to know how many tests there are in my 2-2 class the first question that people ask is how many tests can we drop? You know, that's just how we are because whether it's in life or school or work or anything, we don't like tests. But think about this. God allows things to come into our lives to test us. And what we've been seeing in the book of Genesis is that Joseph is testing his brothers. And, uh, you know, you say, why would Joseph test his brothers? You remember Joseph's been raised up to uh, the power in Egypt, and the, the famine is everywhere, and they've got food because God revealed it to him in the dream, and, and the brothers have come, and they needed food, and, and when he realized who they are, or who they were, he began to test them. And he, what he wanted to do is, he wanted to see what they're like. He remembers how they treated him. He remembered that they hated him, that they were jealous of him, that they sold him into slavery, that they lied to, the, to their father. And and now, here's the question, because that's why he raised the, remember he raised the point in said, to find out if you men are telling me the truth, since you told me you have a younger brother, I want you to go back and get him and bring him back here. And of course, he's going to find out, is Benjamin still alive? Did, did, have they treated Benjamin like they treated him? I mean, w w were they honest? And so that's what he wants to find out. And, of course, they came the first time, and he did not let them know who he is. Think about the test, and here's the one. Will they bring back Benjamin? Because that's the big question. He told him, you will not see my face again, you will not get food again, unless you bring your younger brother to me. So the question is, will they bring back Benjamin? Ke second, what about uh, Simeon? Are they going to keep him? 
Will they let him stay there? Will will they just forget him and say he's there? But well, we lost another brother. That's just the way it's going to be. Or will they come back? And then what about the money that's been put in their sacks? Because he, you know, remember he put the money in their sacks, and when they opened them up that first night, they looked down and they said, all of our money's been returned. Are they going to come back and say, by the way, you gave us too much money, or you gave us our money back? Or will they be dishonest men? So he's got all of these tests that are coming, and he wants to see how they're doing. And and the truth is, Joseph. Joseph's not through. He's going to test them some more. Let me review. They uh, they got the food from Joseph. They had to leave Simeon. They To get more food, they had to bring Benjamin back. When they got back, Jacob was very upset when they told him what happened. They came back and said, he said, How did, you got the food. But, he, but they basically, he, I'm sure Daddy said, well, where's Simeon? And they said, well, we got a little problem. The man said, unless we, he kept, he kept Simeon, and he said, unless we bring Benjamin back, we can't ever get any more food. And you remember what what he what he said? He said, "I've lost Joseph, I've lost Simeon, and now I'm going to lose Benjamin." You know, that's what Jacob said. He said, "I've lost Joseph, I've lost Simeon, I've lost, and I'm going to lose Benjamin." He said, "All is against me." And we've brought this up two weeks in a row, or two or three times, but we've talked about this. He says, "All is against him," but nothing is against him. In fact, God is working everything according to the counsel of His will, and He's working everything actually to Jacob's advantage. The whole reason that Joseph disappeared was for Jacob's benefit. The whole reason that they're going down and going to have to come back is because eventually the whole family is going to go down there. And so uh, he's going to see Joseph. When it's all over with, he'll see Joseph. He'll have all his sons. uh, He'll have food. Life will be good. That's what's going to happen. But he says, everything's against me. And I've seen it in my life. I know we've seen it in your lives that we'll say, oh, nothing's working out. Everything is going wrong. Everything is bad. And we could say, well, it may look bad, but it's not. Because God's working all things. Well, let's. Here's the question: We we got to go back, take Benjamin, get Simeon, get food. They talked to their dad when they said that, and he said, "No way." Well, what happened when the food ran out? Well, we saw it last time. In fact, last week or last time we looked at chapter 43, and we looked about the first 15 verses, first 14 verses. But notice. Uh, Verse 2, well, at verses 1 and 2 of, verse, of chapter 43, look at the review. Now the famine was very severe in the land, so it came about when they had finished eating the grain which they had brought from Egypt. Their father said, go back and buy us a little food. And you know, like we talked about last time, is he forgotten? Or does he think maybe, well, they said that, but maybe he didn't mean that. We just got to go. But notice what Judah did because he takes some, some leadership. Judah spoke to him saying, the man solemnly warned us, you shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. And we talked about this. Jacob is going to have to trust God. And there was a clue. If you remember last time, what was the clue that he began to trust God? Now, what was it? His name is, they've been calling him Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. And then what he started calling him? Israel. Because he's the, Jacob's other name is Israel. And he is going to, he is the father of the Israelites. And God is about to build his nation. They go down into Egypt with 75 people. They come out 400 years later with 2 million people. So it's their nation when they come out. So here's what he says to do. Look down at chapter, look at verse 11. The father, then their father Israel said to them, if it must be so, then do this. In other words, if we got to do this, we got to do this. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take some of the best products of the land in your bags. Carry them down to the man as a present. I mean, if you're going to go see a famous person, if you're going to go see a big person, if you're going to see a person that's got a lot of power, what do you want to take them? 
Buy a present. Here, here's a present. Maybe get on their good side. Well, this may be the thing to help. Take a present and, 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 and carry it down to the man as a present. Here's what he said. Take some balm and a little honey and Aramaic gum and myrrh and, and pistachio nuts and almonds. Take that. And then he says something that's powerful. Take double the money in your hand. Take And take back in your hand the money that was returned in the mouth of your sacks. Perhaps it was a mistake. Was it a mistake? It wasn't a mistake. They thought it was a mistake. They thought they accidentally got the money back. And, and Jacob is saying, maybe it's a mistake. This is, this is, you know, we could say it this way. This is God testing them. This is Joseph testing them to see, are they going to be honest men? What are his brothers like? We, we could say, Joseph, I mean, who does Joseph think he is anyway, testing all his brothers like that? Why wouldn't he saw them immediately? He just hugged them and said, I'm so glad you're safe, and where's Dad? Let's bring Dad down right now. Why do you think he's doing this? Well, he knows what they were like. We said that if God did not remove them from the Canaanites, there's no telling what they would be like. That's one of the reasons for the famine and one of the reasons that he put Joseph in Egypt so he could take his people out of the land of Canaan until the iniquity of the Amorites, that's the Canaanites, was full and then bring his people back and take the land away. That's the plan. Jacob's going to have to trust God. He says, take the money. I mean, take the take some presents. Take the money. Now, how are they doing concerning the test? Let's think about it. Will they take Benjamin? The answer is yes. Will they bring back the money? Yes. Are they coming to get Simeon? Yes. And so if we look at it this way, they look like they're passing the test. They're not going to leave Simeon. They're going to bring Benjamin, and they're going to take the money back. So everything looks pretty good so far. Look down at verse 13. Take your brother also and arise, return to the man. Boy, that's that's the big one. Take your brother. But notice verse 14. And may God Almighty grant you compassion in the sight of the man so that he will release to you your other brother and Benjamin. And as for me, if I'm bereaved of my children, I'm bereaved. Now, he does something that... It gets to the point where what we've, we've got to all get to the point, and that is you just have to say, I have to trust God no matter what he does. I just have to trust God no matter what he does. And a lot of times we don't like that. And he's flat out saying, okay, you take Benjamin, and what I'm hoping is when you get there, he'll release Simeon, he'll release ben- Benjamin, we'll get food, and everybody will come back. However, if... I'm bereaved. I just have to accept it. The same as Esther said, what did she say? If I perish, I perish. He uses the term El Shaddai. We talked about that. God Almighty El Shaddai uh, is the the mighty one, the powerful one, the providing one. And what does he say? May God, may the Almighty God, may the providing God grant compassion for us. May he look on us with care. And that's what he says. And if I'm bereaved, I'm bereaved. And that's really the toughest thing. And I think the toughest thing in our lives. I, I tell you, I think I think that, you know, there's a big distinction between being a Christian and being a disciple. And being a Christian costs us absolutely nothing. Jesus died on the cross, paid for sin, and rose again. We believe in him. We have eternal life. Cost us nothing. It's not a commitment to Christ. It's nothing. It's the fact we trust in Christ as Savior. But being a disciple is where it costs you your life. And that's where you give up. And that's where you say, Lord, I give you my life. I offer my life as a living sacrifice. Take my life and use it. And, and that's huge because that's saying to God, uh, I, I give up my life to you. 
And wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, I don't even know what the future holds. The old saying is, some people will say, okay, uh, uh, God, tell me what you want me to do, and I'll sign the paper at the bottom and say yes. He say, no, 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 I'm not going to tell you. You just sign at the bottom. I'll fill in the top. And that's what he's saying to us. What do you want God to do with your life? Well, we all got dreams and plans and things, but we don't know what he's going to do. But what we say is, Lord, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, my life is yours. I, I will live for you, and I have to trust you. Day after day. That's all it's about. That, and that's what Jacob, or as we'd say here, Israel is about to do. Send my sons. Send the food. You know, the, the gifts, the presents. Hopefully, I'll get everybody back. But if I don't, I just have to trust God. I just have to trust God. In our lives, as people looking for jobs, and you say, I just, you know, I put this here, I put this here, I put this. I just have to trust God that the right job's going to open up, or I'm going to get a job, or something with health, and something with this. And so, there's all kind of things in our lives. We just have to say, I trust God. I think for parents, the one of the hardest things we ever have to do is, is trust God with our children, because that's what Jacob is doing here. He's trusting God with his children. It's as if we think we actually have them. And we don't. They're just gifts. They're on loan. I think three things to think about. it. We talked about it last time. Just remember that children are a gift. Psalm 127. 1, children are a gift to the Lord. The fruit of the room is a reward. Happy, you know, uh, it's just great. So they're gifts to us. They're given to us to train up, to shape, and to love. I mean, they're, we, you know, as mamas and daddies, we have the privilege of training up the children, training them up in, in, in the truths and the admonition of the Lord. That's the plan. But we must entrust them to God. And, and that, I think, is the hardest thing. I have a hard time with two girls wanting them. I mean, I just worry about them, and I shouldn't. I mean, I can't. What are, we, what are you going to do, right? can't follow them around. My gosh, they're grown. Well, they think they're grown. And anyway, but, uh, you know, so what do you do? You know, it's just you just have to trust God. May we realize that children are a gift. Well, Jacob does it. He says, okay, take them. Watch what happens, verse 15. So the, man, so the men took this present, and they took double the money in their hand, and Benjamin then arose and went down to Egypt and stood before Joseph. I like, you know, it's amazing in the Bible. you got one verse. Did you just see what was covered in that one verse? It said they took the present, they took double the money, they took Benjamin, they, got, they went down to Egypt, now they're standing before Joseph. Just like that, that we got the whole thing. They're there. They took double the money, they took Benjamin, they took the present, and now they're standing before him. Then when Joseph sees them, are they bringing Benjamin back? Did they hate him? Are they jealous of him? How do they react? How do they treat this brother who is really the same as he is, same mama, and they treated him bad, and how are they going to treat this one? And were they honest? Look at verse 16. When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to his house steward, Bring the men into the house and slay an animal and make ready, for the men are to dine with me at noon. Now let me ask you something. Is that a big deal? That's a big deal. You understand who Joseph is? That would be like you going to, I don't know where, like the, and, and the second most powerful person in the whole nation says, Oh, y'all showed up... Uh, they're going to eat with me. Why? Why would they eat with him? Why? What's the deal? Why would he single them out out of all of the people that have come and suddenly they get to eat with him? And, and in fact, I think they're going to say, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Are we in trouble? Could this be something bad? Notice, so he saw Benjamin. There he sees his brother for the first time in how long? 
many, many years, 20-something years. And so he says, bring the men into the house, slay an animal, get it ready, for the men are to eat with me at noon. Wow. He sees his brother. And you know what? He says, they did bring Benjamin. And they have come back from Simeon. That's two of the three. And he says, get ready. What What is Joseph's plan? That's really the thing we've got to think about. They don't know what's happening. Notice verse 17. So the, men, so the man did as Joseph said and brought the men into Joseph's house. Now, this is big. And, and as I said a while ago, uh, and I put this up, I think, is this good or, for good or bad? If you're being brought into the most powerful man, basically, other than a pharaoh, into his house, you could say, this is really wonderful. We must be really special. Or you could be saying, we may be in bad trouble. I mean, why is he doing this? I mean, what have we done for him to pick us out out of everybody else? What is the deal? And they're actually afraid. And then they thought, oh, wait a minute. I know what, the, I know what it is. They looked around and said, it's the money deal, remember? He knows we, he, he knows we got the extra money. He, he's thinking we're thieves. He's going to bring us in and kill us. So we better tell somebody, look, we, we didn't know anything about the money. We just brought it back. So look what it says, verse 18. Now the men were afraid because they were brought to Joseph's house. And they said, it's because of the money that was for, what was returned in our sacks the first time that we're being brought in. That he may seek occasion against us and they fall on us and take us for slaves. And then and they take our donkeys. You know, they take our cars. You know, they, they take our stuff. They, they're going to take us into the house, and, and because of the money that was there the first time, they're going to use that as an occasion. They're going to use that as an opportunity to jump on us, make us slaves, and take our animals. Which, as you know, don't, the donkeys, the animals, that's the most important thing you have. That's the most important thing they had because of the money. Well, what, what would you do? What would you do if you were those brothers? You thought, we've we got to talk to somebody. Well, who are you going to talk to? Joseph's too powerful to talk to you. I mean, you can't go up and say, hey, excuse, hey, come here. Hey, I need to talk to you a second. You're not going to talk to that guy like that, right? So who can you talk to? Well, notice you remember that Joseph said to his steward uh, earlier, back in verse 16, bring the men into the house. In verse 17, so, so the man did as Joseph said and brought the men to Joseph's house. So who's taking them to the house? The steward. Now, the steward, if you look look at, at verse 18, it talked about that they were afraid and they didn't know what to do, so they're going to come talk to the steward. And, and, and who is a steward? The, the word steward really means the law of the house. That's what a steward is. It was a person entrusted to use wisely with a master's possessions. Many times the steward was a slave, and the slave just had to, basically, the master said, here's my stuff, you oversee my stuff, you take care of my stuff, you make sure it's okay. So the steward of the house took care of the master's possessions. That's basically what it was. And we think about it, we're stewards. First Corinthians 4, 2, moreover of stewards, it is required to be what? Found faithful. We're stewards. We've been in, what do we have that's God's? What do we have as God's? Everything that we have is God's. I mean, we always say, my car, my house, my, my clothes, my running shoes, my this, my this, my this. But in reality, whose is it? How about, how about your breath? Whose is that? Because it, it, is it not your breath in his hand? I mean, the thing about it, we don't even realize that everything we have is his. 
And it's on own. He's saying, I want you to take what I've given you, the gifts, the talents, the abilities, the time, the possessions, the word, the, the Holy Spirit. I, I want you to take all these things that I have given to you, and I want you to use them for my glory. Time, gifts, possessions. We're to use them for the glory of God. That's what a steward is. And I sometimes, every time I read that, you know, every time I read in the scripture about a steward, or to be a wise steward, or the parables that Jesus taught about this steward or this, you just realize that what we are is that we've been entrusted with a responsibility. And we go through life as if we don't even know what we're doing. We don't even think about it. And we should. Well, watch what happens. So, they, verse 19. They came near to Joseph's, Joseph's house steward, and they spoke to him at the entrance of the house. Now, they said, we better talk to him before we go inside. Why? What could happen when we go inside? They jump on us, make us slaves, and take our donkeys. That's what we're afraid of. Because they think we stole money, and we didn't steal money. So, they came to the Joseph's house steward, and they spoke to him at the entrance of the house, and they said, Oh, my Lord, we indeed came down the first time to buy food. Now, we got to talk to you about this. And, and it came about that when we went, came to the lodging place, that we opened our sacks, and behold, each man's money was in the mouth of his sack, our money in full. So we have brought it back in our hand. They made it very plain. Listen, the first time we came, you know, we, we bought it and we got the, the grain. And when we stopped that night and opened it up, all our money was in there. And so we realized that that's not our money. We paid for it. Somehow it got mixed up. And so we brought it all back. Here it is. We brought it back. And, 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 and we, we, we have money. In fact... Verse 22, we have also brought down other money in our hand to pay for food. So we weren't planning to use the same money again to pay for food. We were bringing it back because we know it's not ours. And we brought more money so we could pay for food. And then they raised the question, we, we do not know who put our money in our sacks. We don't know. We don't know what happened. We don't know what to say about it. How would you feel? Things aren't going that great for them as the way they look at life right now. They're being tested. They've been picked out. Because when they came even the first time, boy, that, the main man got onto them and started asking them questions about their family and their brother and all this stuff, accusing them of being spies, told them, you came here just to spy off the land. Do you want to tell the truth? Okay, let me see if you're telling the truth. You go back and get your brother. I mean, how many other people did he tell to do that? They were probably saying, he's been picking on us since we got here, right? Why is he doing this? Have they passed test number three? They have. Test number one, would they bring back Benjamin? Test number two, would they come back to get Simeon? Test number three, would they tell the truth about the money? And they've done it all. I love this next verse. Verse 23, he said, this is the steward talking, Be at ease, do not be afraid. Notice the verse, your God... And the God of your father has given you treasure in your sacks. I had your money. Then he brought Simeon out to them. Now look at the verse. It's got a lot in it. He says, first of all, don't be afraid. Because they were afraid. Second is, your God and the God of your father. Who is the God? Who is their father? Jacob, Israel. He says, your God and the God of your father has given you treasure in your sacks. God gave you the money. And notice the next statement. 
I had your money. You know what he's saying? I'm the one that put it in the sack. I'm the one that has your money. I got it. I know when you paid. Basically, he's saying, I was told to put it back in there. You don't have to be afraid. I know exactly what's happened. And I think by saying that, they also realize that maybe this man who's in charge may know what's going on. Because this is his steward. This is his house steward. And then they brought Simeon out to them. If you were Simeon, what would you say? What took you so long? Where have you been? You could have gone and come back, what? At least twice. Thanks a lot. Well, that's tough in there, you know. That's not a, that's not the Hilton, let me just tell you, right? And let me tell you, did he get any special treatment, the best you can tell? We don't know. He doesn't know who the main man is. He still doesn't know that Joseph's in charge. Joseph could have sent word secretly down there and say, Protect him. Watch over him. Don't let anything happen to him. He could have done that, and maybe he did. We don't know. We don't know what he did. So everybody say, they were all happy. Then the man brought them in, this is verse 25, into Joseph's house and gave them water and washed their feet and gave their donkeys fodder. So this this is great. They said, okay. They went in and uh, washed their feet and all of that. And uh, it's looking really good. And, and you're almost saying to themselves, why us? Why us? What could we have done to get such special treatment? Why does this ruler care so much about this family? Why did he question us so much about our father and our brothers? Well, watch what happens. So they prepared they prepared the present for Joseph's coming at noon, for they heard that they were going to eat a meal there. I mean, they got this thing, and we, we, we better guess get some presents out. What were the presents, by the way? Myrrh and pistachio nuts and, and some other. I mean, they had this stuff. This is the best they got they, because they ain't got any food, right? They got a few things. So they prepared all that for Joseph. Watch what happens when Joseph comes in. When Joseph came home, they brought they brought into the house to him the present which was in their hand. And what did they do? They bowed to the ground before him. This is not the first time this has happened. They bowed the first time they came. And now they're bowing again. Do you remember the dream? You will bow down before me. And they went, we will never bow. Don't ever say never, okay? Because you never know what God's going to do and how he's going to use you. I'm never going there. You never know where you're going to go. You never know what God's going to do. And uh, they bowed down probably at least three times. Watch what happens. So they bowed down. Then he asked them about their welfare. And he said, is your old father well of whom you spoke? Is he still alive? And they said, your servant, our father, is well. He's still alive. What they do? They bowed down again, just answering questions. Oh, you know, live forever. You know, that's how, you know, that's what they want. They want him, you know, and so, yeah, he's alive. What is Joseph finding out? That his daddy's fine and his brother's there. But he still doesn't know how they treat his brother. He's got two big tests coming. He's going to give them. And they both deal with Benjamin. And it's huge. Watch what happens. He lifted up his eyes and he saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, And he said, is this your youngest brother of whom you spoke to me? And he said, may God be gracious to you, my son. 
That's really, really strong. In fact, I mean, it's, it's, it's powerful. Watch the next verse. Joseph hurried out, for he was deeply stirred over his brother, and he sought a place to weep. And he entered his chamber and wept there. What do you think he said to them? Excuse me, I'll be right back. You know, well, I mean, what do you think he said? Who knows? He left. He left to go cry. Think about that. The Hebrew word for deeply stirred means to be warm and tender. I mean, he saw his brother. I mean, the last time he saw his brother, he was what? Little bitty. And he's saying, there's my brother. He's, gro- he's grown up. He's grown up. And look at him. And so he went out and he wept. And then he washed his face, verse 31, and he came out and he controlled himself and said, serve the meal. Everyone, let's eat, you know. Now, watch what they do because they're not going to sit together. If you think there's going to be a big meal and Joseph's going to be at the head of the table and all these brothers are going to be sitting there, the answer is no. In fact, they're going to have three different places to sit. Here's why. Number one, Joseph was way up on the Egyptian scale. He eats by himself. He does not eat with the other Egyptians because he's too important. So there's going to be a table that Joseph sits sits by himself. There's going to be another table where the Egyptians are eating. And then there's going to be another table where the, the, the brothers are all eating. Because the Egyptians don't, they detest the, the Hebrews because the Hebrews would eat certain animals that the Egyptians were considered sacred. So they won't eat together. Notice what it says. So they served him by himself, as Joseph, and them by themselves, that's the brothers, and the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves, because the Egyptians would not eat bread with the Hebrews, for that is loathsome to the Egyptians. So you got, you got the big meal. He says, y'all going to come eat with me, but not really. <laughs> I'm going to sit at my table. You're going to sit at your table. The Egyptians will sit at their table. The Egyptians said we wouldn't sit with those Jewish people, we, or the Hebrews, we wouldn't sit with them. But they also said we can't sit with him because he's too important for us to sit with him. Wow. I, I, oh, yeah, I got it right there. Joseph by himself, he's upper class. The Egyptians at a table. Jews by, by themselves, by selves. By themselves, they ate animals. They're sacred to the Egyptians and all that thing. Now, look at verse 32. Uh, so they served them again, they served himself, and by themselves, and then the Egyptians who ate by themselves. Verse 33. Now, here's the key. They were seated before him, the firstborn according to his birthright, and the youngest according to his youth. And the men looked at one another in astonishment. They sat at the table... And they began to realize that all the way around it was from the oldest to the youngest. And they thought, how could this man know this? There's no way he could. How could he know who's the oldest and the youngest? How did, how did anybody have an idea to put us in that way? In fact, that's what they would say. They would say, how, can, how, could, how could this be? How could this man know our ages and our birth order? How could this be? And now here's the test. Remember, there's going, to be, there's going to be two tests dealing with Benjamin. Here's the first one. The next one is at the start of the second of the next chapter. Here's the first test. Here it is. Watch. He took portions to them from his own table, but Benjamin's portion was five times as much as any of theirs. This is the test. Benjamin got five times more than the others. I mean, you got chicken leg. Benjamin got five chicken legs. Got a little mashed potatoes. Benjamin got five piles of mashed potatoes, right? What, why is that a test? Are they, and why would they be upset? 
Yeah, because they'd be what? See, what happened with Joseph? He had the coat that his daddy gave him, the coat. Nobody else had the coat. What did they think about him? They hated him. They were jealous. They didn't like what he did. So he's testing them. Are they going to treat Benjamin in the same way that they treated me? And how am I going to find out? I'm going to make Benjamin favored, just like I was favored. I'm going to favor Benjamin, and I'm going to see what they do. He gave him five times more. Look what the verse says. So they feasted and drank freely with him. Do you see anything in there where it says that they were arguing, they were upset, they said among themselves, how come he's getting more than this? Because remember, they don't know that Joseph can understand them, right? They think he's an Egyptian. Could they have been arguing among themselves? How come Benjamin got more than all the rest of us? It doesn't give any indication to that. It seems to me they're passing the tests. Have they passed the test? Guess what? There's more. It deals with money again and Benjamin. I could say there's really two more, but there's one more that deals with Benjamin. They're going to do something with the money again. But watch this. I just want you to see chapter 44, verses 1 and 2. We're stopping, but look what it says. Then he commanded his house servant, saying, Fill the men's sack with food as much as they can carry and put each man's money in the mouth of his sack. They're going to do the same thing with the money again. But notice verse 2. Put my cup, the silver cup, in the mouth of the sack of the youngest and his money for the grain. And he did as Joseph had told him. Why do that? He's going to come after Benjamin. They're going to stop him and say, hey, 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 y'all, where do y'all think y'all going? First of all, one of you stole the main man's cup. He likes his cup. You got his cup. And they said, oh, none of us got his cup. And they're going to go around and they're going to find who's got the cup. And are they going to say, well, sorry, Benjamin, it was just a tough life. Are they going to let Benjamin, are they going to throw Benjamin out like they threw him out? That's the test. What's going to happen? Will they protect him or will they leave him? Well, next time we'll see what happens. Well, we've seen the food runs out. Jacob agrees to let Benjamin go. They take the presents and the double money and they take Benjamin and Jacob brings, he has to trust God with his children. They see Joseph. He puts them to the test. So far, they've done real well. So let's put some applications. First of all, trust God in the trials and problems of life. We just have to do that. Uh, all, life is full of tests. Life is full of ups and downs. We must try trust God with the things that come our way. I mean, there's no other way. I mean, we can be mad all we want to, and we can be upset. And sometimes people, as Christians, when things don't go right, they just turn away. And they say, that, that's, that, I'm not going to do anything else. If that's the way God's going to be. I've had people say to me, if that's the way God's going to be, I don't want to have anything to do with him. I say, you, you, just, you don't understand his character. God never does something like, I'm just going to hurt you, and that's just the way it is, because that's the kind of God I am. That's not how he is. How are we tested? Of course, James 1, 2, and 3, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing the test of your faith works patience. We're trusted in our relationships. I mean, we're tested that way. How do we treat others? Let me ask you something. How do you treat other people? Are they valuable? Is every soul and life valuable? Because a lot of times we look at somebody and we think, I'm better, I'm better, I'm better than they are. You may not even think it, think it, think it, but you think it. 
Yeah, look at that shirt. I wouldn't wear a shirt like that if I had to, right? I mean, look at that, look at that, look at the way this, look at the way they talk, look at the way this. That person's a country bumpkin. That person, you know, we do this all the time as if those people aren't valuable. <laughs> country bumpkin, I know. Okay, but it's true. <laughs> How do we treat people? Love the Lord you go with all your heart and all your soul and love your neighbor as yourself and love others as I have Loved you. Powerful. How about honesty? Oh, you keep that up there. I'm sorry. The, the second thing. Uh, honesty. Oh, we're, we're tested in honesty all the time. Do you tell the truth? Do we tell the truth? It's so easy to lie. Somebody says, uh, I want you to make the phone call and call those two people. You don't do it. They come back and say, hey, by the way, did you get those people? And you say, I didn't get them yet. Won't you tell the truth? I hadn't called them yet. But you act like I haven't been able to get them. You know, like I've called, but I hadn't got them. You hadn't called. How about money? We're tested in money all the time. As a believer, the greatest test is what will you do with what God has given to you? You gonna give any away? You gonna save? You gonna give? You gonna spend? Big test. Let's be men and women of character. Tell the truth and keep our word and be be the way we're supposed to be. How do you do your job, your schoolwork, your relationships? Are we people of character? That's the key. Second, and this is one we've talked about already, is we must entrust our children to God. I mean, think about it. They are, I think I've got them right there, they are gifts. They're a gift from Him. Every child that we have is a gift. We are to train them up in the Word of God. And that's our responsibility. That is our responsibility. Uh it's easy to say they're going to get it in Awana and they're going to get it in Sunday school and they're going to get it in children's church and they're going to get it in the youth group and they're going to get it, you know, in some of the other stuff. And they probably will, but that's not where they're supposed to get it. That's just gravy. They're supposed to get it from the parents. Train up your children in the way they should go. Train them in the admonition of the Lord. And what we get from the church is just gravy. That's just extra. The third thing is we got to trust God to take them, to protect them, to guide them, and to use them. Wouldn't the greatest prayer of our lives be, Lord, would you use my children for your glory? Wow. That's scary too, isn't it? No telling where he may take them. They may not live next door. <laughs> may go somewhere. Who knows? Well, let's pray. If you've got any questions or comments, we'll, we'll deal with it. Heavenly Father, what a passage. Thank you, Lord, for this the story that we're seeing in Joseph and the test and how they look like they've passed the test so far and everything. And then even when they come into the meal and he would test them on Benjamin and gives them five times as much, Lord, it just seems that they, they're changed men. That's what it seems like. And Joseph is seeing that. Lord, as we, as we learn this, may we realize that uh, we, we need to trust you. We need to trust you during the test of life, especially in relationships and money and honesty and all those things. We want to be godly men and women making a difference for you. And then, Lord, as far as the whole idea of our children, and thank you for giving them as gifts to us. And and may we train them up, and, Lord, may we entrust them to you, which is so hard. But we must do that. Thank you, Lord, that we can trust you. You're a great God. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, questions, comments, anything? It's really going to get wild. It's going to get wild when he sends them off and then brings them back. And I think the greatest test of all is what's going to happen when he says, Oh, no, that's okay. The, the young boy right here, he's the thief. He's going to be my slave. You guys can go home. I'll let you go. That's the biggest test of all.
What would you do? <laughs> Sorry, Ben. <laughs> Good to see you, buddy. Uh, don't take any wooden nickels. You know, just, you know, what would you say to you know, What would you do? Well, I hope you've read the next chapter. It's amazing. It's amazing. 